no. What was this guy's name? Is it Mike? It's not Johnny. Mike? Oh, this is gonna be awkward. Ah, it's Doug. Hey, what's up? Uh, what's up, champ? How you doing? Oh, good, man. Hey, how's Clara, huh? Good, good, bro. Uh, you know, she's doing good, and uh, yeah, man. I can't say anything more than that. <laughs> all right, listen, I gotta go, all right? Yeah, man. Good Sorry. to see you, homie. Hey. All right, oh. yeah, bro. All right, bro. I've known him 20 years. Well, we're wrapping up our series, Awkward. This is week three, as we've already talked about. Uh, you can see, check things out online if you're missing a couple weeks. Last week, I didn't finish the message. The blanks are filled in on the online message guide, so you can catch up with that if uh, that's something uh, you need to do. Again, we, we seem to avoid this idea of being awkward uh, when it comes to just anything in life, but especially when it comes to pointing to our faith. We just want to avoid, we want to stay out of those awkward situations. Uh, we, just, we just pull back. And what we're unpacking this morning is this idea of being ready. And it doesn't mean that the awkwardness will totally dissipate. I think there always needs to be an awareness. There needs to be a sensitivity when you enter into a conversation about spiritual things. We start maybe with the trivial things, and we move into the spiritual things. Not every conversation. Again, we've been talking about that. But there, there needs to be an awareness uh, for the person that's not aware that they're entering into some potentially awkward moments in a conversation, uh, they, they have the opportunity to really push someone away from Christ rather than to point to them. So just being aware of that is, is really important. It's important to get beyond that. Uh, Paul writes this. He writes, uh, For I am not the least bit embarrassed. That is that idea of awkwardness. Paul gets to the place where he doesn't have any embarrassment. He's, he's minimizing the awkwardness so that it doesn't hold him back from pointing to the good news. A lot of our translations would say gospel. And just a little reminder about the word gospel. Gospel is not in the original languages. It's a, it's a word that means to, uh, there's the idea of messenger, good messenger. Messenger actually sometimes is the same word as angel because angels are messengers. So this idea of good news or gospel, this gospel is actually an old English uh, word. And uh, this old English word had the idea of, of somebody being so captivated by faith that it's almost like it puts a, a, a spell on them, which is, you go, whoa, but it, this is old English. So as I've talked to you before, I prefer often to refer to gospel, but good news, because really it's about the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us so that we can have a relationship with him. So for I'm not at least bit embarrassed or awkward about the good news, I won't shy away from it because it's God's power to save every person. And we've all been in these situations, or maybe it's even our own story, where somebody uh, just, just wasn't really interested in spiritual, spiritual uh, conversations, spiritual things, and all of a sudden we are blown away by the power of the good news to actually touch a heart and to change a heart. And it just, it just really, it, it, it just, it surprises us. So we can see this God's power working in people's lives to change their heart. Now, when we think about what it means to point to Christ, 
It involves telling our story, sharing our story, sharing our personal life with someone so they get a glimpse of who Christ is. And I want to show you a, a clip from Cherie when she was getting baptized a, a year and a half, two years ago. Maybe it was last year. I can't remember now. I'm losing it in my mind. But very recently, and it's interesting as you listen to her story, and you'll see that there were other people sharing stories in her life, which really kind of brought everything together for her. I would say that both my mom and dad pointed me in God's direction in a unique and, for me before him, I guess I could say weird way. Um, when my mom got sick, they had got baptized and everybody was always coming to the house and talking and, and doing things for her. And she would always get down after chemo. And I feel like people were just always there talking to her, sending her a message and she would always smile. And there was always something more to her life after that. And then when she got very sick, I saw a different person in my dad. I always knew my parents were in love and I always wanted that. And you always, you know, oh, I want that. And my parents didn't just have what they had before. And when she died, my dad didn't cry at first. He just prayed. And it was almost just like he was at peace knowing she was okay. And when you have nothing and you see that, you kind of just want it. You know it and you see it and you, you want that peace. And I didn't have that before. If somebody was wrestling with the idea to open up with God, I think that I would tell them to come to church and just listen, not think about why you're at church or what the reasoning for going to church is but to go and just listen and not look around and not try to compare anything until you go home and then go home and really think about your own life and you'll see things completely different. Seneca Community Church made a difference in my life because it's always been just my dad, my mom, and my sister, and me. And then I came here, oh boy, <laughs> after my mom died, and there was all these people that not only opened up their own lives to us, but were always there. All the women from the group even now still check on me regularly. And I just, I kind of feel like I lost a mom, but I gained multiple different moms and sisters and people that are always there for me. I enjoy coming to church <laughs> every week. And I enjoy connecting with people even when I'm out and about. Like we ran into somebody at an ice cream parlor or at school when we ran into the girls at school. And Audrey actually comes home when she talks to some of the kids that she sees and has stories about school and somehow it always relates back to here. 
story, your story, my story, touches people's lives. It's real. And so sometimes when we think about being ready, we say, well, I'm not ready. And, and yes, you have to have a, a, an idea of how to communicate and how to point to Christ. But it really boils down to you sharing your story. If you've said yes to Christ, if he's a part of your life, as you naturally share life, and it, it doesn't happen in one conversation, it happens over a number of conversations. It happens over just living out your faith. And so what's so important about that story is we see this as this idea we're going to unpack this morning is this idea that his story, God's story, Christ's story, the good news, the gospel, his story reflected in your story and my story can change another's story. Just let that digest a little bit. When you reflect his story in your life, a changed life, when that is a part of your rhythms, you don't have it down perfectly, you still make mistakes, you're, you're not, not arrived, but when, when your story, when your rhythm of life points to his story, it's amazing how it can change somebody else's story. That doesn't mean it's just like that. It doesn't mean it's easy. We've watched some clips and talked about the, some ideas that, you know, there's this, it, it can be difficult, and really we need to get this idea that we ought to expect difficulties, that uh, it's not easy, it's not just automatic, and what you're getting on the outside from another person that you're pointing to Christ, maybe something different is going on in the inside. So we expect, but, but the fact that our stories, when we reflect God's story, can actually have an impact on somebody else's story. That's awesome. When you leave this place today, as you're just even going through the hallways, your story can touch somebody else's story. Even as we've talked about kids, you just looking at a child and just being, just being there and paying attention, and sometimes it means getting down, looking at them face-to-face. -face. I can only do a, a squat like that once. So. But you look, you look at them face-to-face, -face and uh, you, you, you're sharing God's story with them, and it can impact their story. So, but when we do this, we have to understand that, that we will expect uh, difficulties. Everybody's heart is in a different place. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew 13, verse 3 and on, page 684 in that rack Bible you'll find around you. If you don't happen to have a copy of a Bible, a paper Bible, and you want one, feel free to take that one as a gift from Seneca Community Church. Also, you can have the Bible app, which is free. version has lots of translations and such, but, uh, and reading plans as you want to go on with that, which that is very helpful. But we'll see that Jesus talks about to expect difficulties up to some point, that, uh, that hearts are not always ready. We talked earlier about cultivating, about watering, about planting, about not, not spraying too much water and saturating and, and, and that kind of a thing, or putting too much pressure or enough water and all those kinds of things. But, but we can have a part in this, but we have to expect that it's just not going to be easy. Uh, you can think about your own life. And some of us have our story, which shows that we were really resistant, and it took some time. And that was okay, but that, that's your story. And again, your story reflecting his story can shape and touch someone else's story. 
So Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 5, for starters. A farmer went out to sow his seed, plant. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, it just just didn't go that far. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. And the seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. So we're seeing Jesus start to paint this picture of different soils, different hearts. So when you and I say, yeah, I want to get through my awkwardness so I can point to my faith, realize that it will be difficult because hearts are in different places. Now, now sometimes, though, we can take that too far. We can extend that thinking out too much, and we can say, well, you know, since hearts are so hard or not ready, I'm just going to hold back, or, or I've had not much success with that. But as we've looked through this series, we've realized that there are certain things that we can do, we can be a part of, that create an environment that makes a heart just a little bit more open to hear. So again, don't go, well, I'm expecting these difficulties, so it's just too difficult, so I won't, won't bother with it. Sometimes it's your and mine approach that's the real difficulty. It's not the heart of the other person it's, it's us. Sometimes our presentation. Sometimes the way we live our lives. And so when somebody is getting that vibe from us, or maybe it's been somebody else, and they get that vibe, they want to back off. They actually, they actually want to run from it. And when I was thinking about what somebody's response is to that, it's just not that their heart isn't in the right place. Sometimes it's the presentation isn't in the right place. They respond like this guy. I, I can't believe it. That car brought his karaoke machine. No, Kevin. No, Kevin. No, You see, sometimes our presentation is like that guy at the karaoke. And when we start talking, people are like, oh, they want to run from us. They want to get away as quickly as possible. That has nothing to do with their hearts. It has something to do with our heart, the way we present. So be aware of that. And that's not to make you fearful. It's just to make you aware. It's to make you aware that your presentation, my presentation, the way we live our lives, as we're going to see, has an effect But even when we have these soils, these hearts out there, Jesus goes on to say that every once in a while, you'll experience this. You'll experience this. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has an ear, let them hear. When there's a potential of that kind of response... We have to figure out how to move through our awkwardness to point to our faith. We need to ask ourselves, how do we do it? Karaoke style? Or do we do it 
a different style, because when we've got that down, and yes, that's not to take anything away from God working in a heart. But again, Jesus is talking about hearts are different. And Jesus does talk about we having a responsibility. Earlier on, we said we're to be a part of the cultivating planting, but then we leave the growth in God's hands. But if the cultivating and planting isn't done in a way that... uh, is uh, kind, attractive, engaging, contagious in a good way, then, then, then it seems to be, there seems to be some interference with that. So as we go back to that passage, Jesus basically explains four kinds of hearts. He, first of all, talks about the closed heart. In verse 19, he explains this. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So we just have to understand that we're going to come across times where, where the heart is just is closed. doesn't mean we don't sow any seed. We just need to be aware of it. We need to expect that. We need to understand that. Uh, one of the reasons we're doing the, the, game, the wild game dinner dinner is just to, just to point to Christ. We offer a nice evening, a, 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 a helpful hunting tips and those kinds of things, some excitement. But then also a part of that evening is uh, I'll be talking with the person that's presenting, and I'll just talk about what faith means to him. It won't be for an hour. It'll be five, ten minutes just to have people to understand. Some people will be there just with closed hearts, but that's okay. We offer to see what's going to happen. Then there also is the shallow heart that Jesus talks about. The seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but they have no root. They last only a short time. All of us have had that experience where someone says yes to Christ, they're excited about it, but it doesn't seem to go anywhere. And sometimes that's because it really didn't catch. Sometimes it takes a little while. Some of us have been late bloomers. Some of us remember saying yes to Christ, and then it's been like three, four, five, ten years before we really engaged with, with our faith. But there is this idea that sometimes there's just shallow, shallow soil, and there's excitement, but it doesn't take. And just to realize that that's one of the difficulties. Don't get discouraged about that, but just realize that that, that's a a part of the deal. Uh, Then there's also the crowded heart. The crowded heart. There's the, the seed that falls among the thorns, refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, Uh, Wealth being the answer to life, choke the word and making it unfruitful. Now, there's a little debate whether this is someone who's really said yes, but just kind of doesn't really go anywhere with their relationship with Christ, or this is a person that has not really said yes. Uh, You know, doesn't really matter. I I know I've been in this place, even as a Christ follower, where I've let the worries of this life and the the uh, deceitfulness of something else being the answer to my life creep in and choke out the word. Probably all of us have been there, but there's this idea that there's a crowded heart. So as we're trying to point and get through the awkwardness of our faith, or the awkwardness of pointing to faith, we have to realize that we're going to face hearts that are really crowded. Uh, Sometimes you have someone that's very responsive, uh, maybe says yes, all these kinds of things, 
but to get them to really engage, you seem to get no traction, and, and it's very disappointing, and all these kinds of things. We just have to realize that that's just a part of the deal. And then lastly, he talks about uh, the, um, well, this, this is just another verse about that, but the idea that the uh, being so uh, focused on things that are not aligned with God can squeeze out uh, love for the Father. We've all, we've all been captivated by other things. Uh, the fourth heart here is the captivated heart. And uh, we see this in verse 23. But the seed falling on good soil, a soft heart, refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. And this one is one who produces a crop, yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. It, it takes, plant, takes, takes seed in someone's heart, and it just explodes. And uh, we've seen that. Some of us have seen that in our own lives, that all of a sudden our heart is captivated. We hear in some of these stories that we've listened to, all of a sudden there was a change, and there was, it's, um, my heart is moving towards being captivated. And it produces something. So as we're thinking about this, we have to realize that uh, we are to expect difficulties. It's hard work being a part of this process. And that shouldn't totally discourage us. We shouldn't tell us to pull back from it completely. We, we just have to understand that that's a part of the process. Another thing we need to think about, if we're going to let our story reflect his story so that it can touch someone else's story is that we need to listen to their story. We need to listen to the people. I know at times, and even today, somebody will come across me, and they don't realize I'm a pastor, and they just jump right in on, they've got this pre-programmed speech. I know some of it's because they're a little nervous, they're a little awkward, and they just bing, bang, bang, bang. They don't even let me say, oh, yeah, 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 you know, I'm a Christ. I can't even get that in. They're just on their way. And uh, so we need to listen to their story. We need to kind of understand where they're coming from. Uh, we need to understand that some people we come across have no faith experience. So, so you're talking about something they've really never even really thought about that. We need to give them some space on that. How many times has someone else come to you and brought some new idea to you? And it's something you haven't thought about. Uh, usually you just don't jump on board. You have to process it through. You have to think about it. So they may have no faith experience. And you listen to that and you hear that. You, you try to figure out how much watering they actually need. They need just a little bit of water. What do they need? Also, and this is very common, they've had a bad faith experience. Uh, maybe this is based on the fact that... Uh, they grew up in a, 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 a family of faith, and the parents tried, but they were really harsh, or there was a lot of hypocrisy, or it was one way on Sunday, another way during the week, and it's just confused. So, so not only do they have to just e even kind of come to terms with, wow, maybe this is possible for me, they have to overcome a bad faith experience that just was brutal. And so, so you're, you're working with that. So they, sometimes they may even know everything you know, but they've seen it expressed at its worst in worse ways, and they don't want anything to do with it. I know that that, that really um, was a concern for Cindy and I because we, like, live this church thing. A pastor, one time the kids went to Christian school, all these things, and, and, and it, just, it was just all around them. And there's some good things to that, but there are also going to be some bad things about that. 
and we wanted to make sure that we were having an environment that, that made it easier for them to own their faith and say yes. Not easier to say, that's not for me because of look at this. So bad faith experience. So again, this comes back to listening. I think I shared one of the weeks about a neighbor, and uh, he had had some bad faith experiences. So the fact that I really just lived it and didn't talk about it that much, that, that, that actually did something in his heart. If I had come on him even a little strong, he, he would have, no, 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 because he had had a bad faith experience. So you've got to learn where this person's coming from. Listen to their story. Sometimes when spiritual things come up, asking, how did you think about that? What did you think about? How did you feel about that? Those kinds of things. And then there are those that have had good faith experiences. And they just, in a sense, haven't pulled the lever yet. And so you listen to that, and then you maybe, so, so why not? And, and, and they've had a good faith experience. And then some that just had an early faith experience. This, this may not be a bad faith, but they grew up going to church, and it was a positive thing for that season of life. Uh, faith was good for being a kid, but it never was able to make the transition into being a faith that uh, worked as being an adult. And so we have to really work hard. That's one of the reasons that we really have a lot of value with our uh, student youth group age kids. They grow up if they are blessed to be a part of a church family. They grow up in their early years, and now as they get into the high school, into middle school, it's how does this really work in my life as a blossoming adult? How does that even show up? How do I, how do, I do that? So it's just so you got to listen to their, their story. Um, and then we've got to, again, be uh, very wise about expressing our story, expressing your story, Learning how to do that. Learning how to point. Sometimes it's uh, just, uh, you know, I'll be praying for you. Uh, sometimes it's uh, a neighbor's sick and you bring them over a meal. You don't say much more. I mean, they, they know on Sunday that, that they see you go out every morning, every Sunday morning and head off to church. They, they see that. So they kind of make that. So you just start with expressing your story by, by living because your story has power. No matter what your story is, you are equipped. If you've said yes to Christ, your story has power. Listen to how Judy's story, Cherie's mom, listen to how her story developed. Because, again, we're saying someone's story reflecting Christ's story can point somebody else, can touch their story. We see how Judy and Chuck touched Cherie. And so just listen to Judy as she shares a little bit of her story about a year earlier. I'm very happy that I found a relationship with God. It's made a difference in my life, and I would recommend it to anybody. <laughs> I would want somebody to know that if they're thinking about faith and they haven't quite got there yet, that it truly does affect your life and it makes you look at things quite differently. You have, you have the strength, the fortitude to get through everyday life, the ups, the downs, the struggles, and it gives you 
a feeling of wholeness. My life before Christ was routine. It was going through the motions um, every day, go to work, come home. And there always felt like something was missing. I had said that if I could find a church with a pastor like that, I would not have a problem going to church on a regular basis and finding that relationship with Christ. And we had come up here and found that. And it's a good thing that I found a relationship with Christ because I found out at the beginning of the year that I have cancer. And had I not had that relationship already formed, the first thought I think I would have thought was, why me? Or this can't be happening. Or fell into a depression, as some people do. But I didn't feel any of that. I felt like I was strong and I needed to get through this and I could do that with the help of Christ, our Lord. He has helped me through this whole ordeal. The worst is yet to come, but I feel very strong and I feel very confident that I will be able to get through this with his help. And I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. We like it here. I came up for a couple of services. We were kind of going to look around at the different churches to see which one we liked. And this was our first choice. And we haven't gone anywhere else. And to exhibit my love for Christ, I want to be a model of his giving back to the community. And you see, she lived it, and that touched somebody else's story. So you see, our stories do have power in somebody else's story. When you and I reflect Jesus' story, not perfectly, but we reflect Jesus' story in our life, it can change somebody else's story and that is awesome awesome just preparing these sermons i was going oh you know doing the awkward thing talking about this when i when i went back and looked at some of these baptism stories i was like yes that's why we do what we do as a church family and all of us outside these four walls, can do it so powerfully as we reflect his story in our life. So as we think about sharing his story, sometimes uh, we come across uh, some issues or some concerns, and the first one technically is called pluralism, and it's all about isn't Christianity just one of the many paths to God? Being sincere is what matters. And uh, we don't have time to totally unpack that, but it's the idea if you're sincere, then you're all set. Well, we could tell you lots of stories where people have been sincere about something, but they've been sincerely wrong about something. Uh, We could talk about investment plans. 
I love to go back, and this dates me back to Enron because it struck me when Enron collapsed, there were all these people that had put all their, their, their retirement funds in Enron. They worked in Enron, and they sincerely believed that they would be all set. And, and these, these people lost everything. They were sincere where they invested their, their retirement funds, but they were wrong. Christ himself, and we've talked about this earlier, says, I am the way. And then when I think about it, and I think about if there was many ways, just wrapping our mind around this, and again, this is not totally unpacking this subject, so my answers to this is not going to have a ton of traction because we're just touching on it. But if God is loving, why would he send his son to die on the cross if there were other ways? Why would he do that? I, I don't get that. I would say that's not loving. Because even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, if there's a plan B, if this cup can be passed from me, is the words that he used, then, then can we go with plan B? But not your will, but my will. And a loving Heavenly Father would say, yes, there's a plan B. Don't worry about it. But he doesn't say there is. So when it comes to sharing our story, we have to understand that that comes up in the conversation. Also, there's this idea of moralism. I may not be that good, but I'm not that bad either. Uh, there's a really good little booklet we talk about, and I'll have it on a slide in a couple moments, I think. That's by Andy Stanley. It's about an hour read, 70 pages, that says, How Good is Good Enough? And he unpacks that idea. And basically the idea is that, 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 that's not, that doesn't take care of it. I'm a, I'm a good person, not a perfect person, so I try to be good, so I'm a moral person, so, so I'm all set. You see, over and over again, as you look at Jesus' words, he says, I am the way. Paul expresses it this way by saying, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. And uh, that idea that, that that's where we place our trust. So pluralism, moralism is not, is not the answer. It's, it's Christ. So as we share our story, which is his story, we can see other people's stories change. Uh, there's a little booklet we have if you're thinking about this and want to know how to share. Actually, I, I, um, I keep a couple of these in my car, and then I actually have uh, these slides on my phone. So if I was to get into a conversation with somebody and somebody wanted to talk about it, I'd just pull out my phone and, and just swipe through these rather, rather than having a piece of paper because if I keep that in my wallet, it gets all chewed up after about like a week. So I want to have this with me so in a moment's notice. Also, you can go to our website, and it's right there, and you can just scroll through those pages, and it just goes through and talks about his story merging with our story and how the way to God is through Jesus Christ. Uh, this is available at three places out there. Again, uh, there's uh, three little pockets on the wall. And uh, this is that book that uh, we talk about. And as we're expressing this, as we're sharing our story and his story, we want to make sure that we're emphasizing the difference between religion and relationship. 
We have to understand that religion is based on what I do rather than relationship is what Jesus has done. Also, when it comes to religion, it's if I obey God, he will love me. And then it's, it's the quite opposite. It's because God loves me, I want to obey him. We're not earning our way. It's about our relationship. A lot of us are familiar with John 3.16 that talks about the gift of son. And I love verse 17 because sometimes we, we forget to really include that. But verse 17 says, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help put the world right. You see, putting the world right Faith through Christ, relationship with God, basically is this idea of salvation, being born again. You hear these different terms, and basically it means it's a relationship with God and because of Jesus that will carry you into eternity when this life is over. Carry you right into eternity. Spending eternity with God, being in relationship with him. And that's what this idea is. We enter into relationship with him. Now we say yes to him. We walk with him. He speaks and guides our lives, leads us. And uh, we find that then we have the power to live his story in, in, in the ways uh, we function. And uh, I want to I go back. I want to go jump right into the, the video of Chuck sharing how this unfolded as he began to live his story. The normal guy. Drive a truck, work on a farm. Um, friends are... I don't, I don't have a friend that goes to church. I, I don't think... No, none of my friends go to church. Can I talk my friends into going to church? I hope so someday. I would like to. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I, uh, they're all good guys. And I guess a couple years ago, just one morning, I, early in the morning, I was downstairs in the living room, and all at once, the sun broke through the window, and it shone on the bookshelf. And I just, for some reason, I was drawn to a certain book. And uh, I pulled that book off the shelf, and it was um, How to Be a Better Christian. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where it started. And I pulled that book down, and I, I, I read it, and uh, it just kind of really meant something to me at that point in my life and it made a difference and uh, it's been I just it keeps it's a growing thing I mean it seems like he's always been there in my heart and I wasn't paying attention and then all of a sudden he saw an opportunity to sneak in there and he did and uh He's been there ever since, and I guess I don't really know what I'd do without him now. So there's people that just think everything's hunky-dory, and they don't really think they need Christ in their life because what's he going to do for them? At, you know, 
they seem to be making out all right on their own, but um, he does make a difference in your life. Judy and I got to the point where we, you know, we, we were watching church on television and uh, we, we, we felt that we really needed to go to a church and get involved in a church. And uh, we, we wrestled around with what church we could go to and we, uh, we looked in the paper and there's this church and that church and there's lots of churches. And uh, all of a sudden one morning I just said, well, we're going to church. And she said, which one? And I said, let's just go up here to town. She said, I want to cross from the school. So we came up and uh, everybody was greeted us with open arms and we liked the whole deal. And uh, we've been coming ever since. It, it is kind of a new beginning to all of a sudden have Christ in your life like that. And I think it's a good thing. And I want people to know that I know it's a good thing. And uh, he's really, I guess he's, I'm going to steal these words I heard on Christian radio the other day. Um, I'm not who I should be, I'm not who I could be, but I'm not who I was. And I thought that that was pretty neat, and that pretty much sums up uh, me. His story, reflected in your story, can change another's story. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for the gift of story and the way it captivates our hearts, our imagination, our thoughts. And Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, the good news of that gift, that he came for us, gave his life, and rose again. And Father, this morning I would just ask that you'd help all of us process through how to move beyond the fear of awkwardness so that we actually can use our story of saying yes to you to point others to you. We thank you for the responsibility, we thank you for the gift, and we thank you for the joy when we actually get to experience someone actually saying yes. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning that has not said yes to you, we ask that the things that we've thought about and talked about would resonate in their hearts and that they would take the next step to trying to figure out what it means to know you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.